Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I'm grateful for this opportunity. And as I mentioned last week and after our interview with Micah Wilder, we have tonight Matthew Wilder, Matt Wilder, who is Micah's older brother. You're the yep, older brother. I am, yes. And, uh, well, Matt, uh, we have an interesting connection. Matt was called to the Danish mission, yes. Denmark, and that's where I served my mission back in... 1965 to 68. <laughs> when were you there? I was there from 2002 to 2004. So, so. I don't think we know anybody probably <laughs> that was the same. But yeah. Well, let's start again uh, as we usually do with your background as a Latter-day Saint. Uh, you were born and raised in the church. Sounds like your folks were converts back in Indiana. Yeah, they were converts. Learned, I was born and raised in the church along with my siblings. Now, um, were you born when the family converted? or uh, They had converted before they, before. Had, any, before they had any kids. So. Oh, okay. So we were born into the covenant as they as they say. So. B-I-C. Exactly. Born in the Covenant. Exactly. Okay. And then um, uh, grew up actually in the Midwest in Indiana. And yeah. then when I was 16, it was rough for me uh, moving. Ooh. But, uh, you know, I didn't want to move halfway through <laughs> high school. I don't think anyone does. It was really hard. But my mom got a teaching opportunity at Brigham Young University. Right. And so, uh, you know, it was an exciting prospect. And it's something that my parents felt they didn't want to turn down. And so yeah. we ended up in, in the heart of... Uh, the LDS community here in Utah, which was an extreme culture <laughs> shock for me to say the least. I'll bet. That's but, uh, what Mike had said he'd went from just a few people in the in the church to a very few people outside of the church. Exactly. So were you able to make friends? I guess I, w I was, and, and actually it was it was fun. And it was nice to have you know everybody around me believe the same thing I did, and yeah. uh, to get immersed in that culture, I actually got used to it after the initial shock and, <laughs> and enjoyed it, and really got grounded in the LDS. Uh, teachings, the LDS lifestyle, yeah. and looked forward Active to... Active as a youth, and absolutely. to do scouting, and did you ever go on a trek or anything? I and did, and actually uh, did the Pioneer Trek yeah. when I was, uh, you know, just had graduated when I was 18, <laughs> yeah. and we did that, and that was a moving experience for me. I really appreciated that, and, yeah. and so I did the whole nine yards and, wow. and prepared for a mission as well. I was going to ask you, did you... You would look forward to going on a mission? I mean, that was part yeah. of your plan to do that. And yeah, it was. I, I spent uh, two semesters at BYU, mm. and uh, during that time, however, I was looking forward to yeah. the mission and got my call in, in February during the second semester and found out I was going to Denmark. Was that exciting? It was, yeah. and I prided myself on the fact that I was righteous enough. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, to, to go f to foreign-speaking mission. Yeah. I was really excited about that. Now, um, and so uh, I entered the MTC that summer after my first year and wow. spent the next two years in Denmark. Hmm. Had, had some interesting, neat experiences there, yeah. um, but came home still a strong, strong Familiar. believer in Elias. So you had a testimony of Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon? And you certainly. Felt Certainly. Did, is that something you shared regularly? I guess certainly on your mission you shared... Yeah, it was, it was something that was uh, very uh, um, emotional. Uh, uh, based on emotions and something that I had um, um, 
convinced myself of, perhaps, I don't know, but it's something that I definitely testified of on my mission for two years mm. and was very zealous about doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, on my mission, it was really interesting because I did have a couple run-ins with some Christians, which was really awesome, and there was one person that actually did not know the know the Lord at all a Christian person no before he became else? a Christian oh. and uh, and I shared the the LDS version of, of Christianity yeah. with with this person and uh, and it sparked his interest enough because he was actually an atheist at the time that wow. he went to Christians and found out and discovered the real Jesus and they came back to me with excitement about Jesus and, and said oh I just praise God I thank you for beginning to share who Jesus was and I wanted you to know that I found Jesus and I'm a saved believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and my countenance just dropped because <laughs> because he was confused that I didn't understand that I don't think he completely understood what my religion taught and believed but yeah. um, but that's where I was at the time to where you know when someone came to know the Lord Jesus Christ saved by the blood of Jesus I I wasn't excited about that because I was so more more so focused in bringing oh them goodness. into the structure of the church as opposed to um, yeah. the, the saving knowledge did of you Jesus try Christ. to teach him more about the I, I, the I did about but the church but again once he understood his salvation was in Jesus Christ alone and his fellowship was with the believers he he kindly what an uh, declined story. <laughs> the uh, offer. Um, yes, and actually, at the same time, there were a couple other Christians who, who, who witnessed, and uh, um, kindly, in a loving way, warned of, of the, um, the dangers of preaching a false gospel. Yeah, uh, and were trying to use the Word and the Bible to help me understand and see wow. where I was wrong. And of course, uh, I was blinded to the truth at the time. But those were seeds that were planted. That at the right time, I think God brought those Helped things you. back to my mind. Well, I think it's so interesting that you would, like you say, bring him to a relationship, not the way you wanted to, but with Jesus Christ. You're representing the Church of Jesus Christ uh -huh. of Latter-day Saints. But as even as I look back on my mission in Denmark, I didn't feel like I was preaching Jesus Christ right. as much as I was trying to sell or teach or preach the, the gospel. Yeah, right. Uh, or the, the church, not right. the gospel. Right. But you felt that same way then. You yeah. were disappointed he came to Jesus. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And didn't come to your religion or right. to, to Joseph Smith and so on. Right. Well, that's interesting. But you served a successful mission. And, I did, yeah. And then you came home and was that back... To Alpine, was it? Uh, it was. It was back to Alpine and then back to Brigham Young University in Provo wow. for a couple more years yeah. and continued my my um, my LDS life. And I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time down at BYU and I had a, yeah. had a good time, had a fun time. I was uh, dating a pretty girl who I really cared about at the time partway through my junior year when this uh, event happened that was aired last week about my younger brother having come oh. to know the, the Jesus of the Bible when he was on his mission, yeah. confessing that faith and then getting sent home in shame because of his um, confession that he did not need the church for his salvation, that he wow. was secure in Jesus Christ Now, had alone. you married at this point? At this point, I was not married not yet. Married. But, um, okay. but um, we were engaged to be married. Mm. And so um, um, he came home and uh, had the opportunity to share with me what had happened in my first Here's initial. Here's your younger brother. Yeah. That must have been hard in, in its own way. It, it was. <laughs> I mean, I prided myself that, uh, that he had always looked up to me. And sure. when I was, you know, the Christmas calls, when I was on my mission and got to talk to him once a year, he just absorbed everything I said. And I just loved the fact that he that, was just that I was thrilled. Huh? Yeah, you exactly. Were on your mission and exactly. And so for God to use something that was so foolish in my eyes at the time, 
as a younger brother to preach to me the gospel of grace. It was, <laughs> you know, God's awesome, and, and He chose yeah. to do it in that way, and I praise God that I, I wasn't completely um, turned off to it because I think there were some experiences on my mission from witnesses of other Christians that had maybe prepared my heart for that. But yeah, so I had to ask him when he got home, you know, what horrible sin did you commit? You know, why would you forsake yeah. two years, you know? And the true church. <laughs> right. And I was actually shocked to, to realize that it was his um, understanding of Jesus and his confession of this Jesus that he came to know yeah. and love through reading the Bible that got him in so much trouble because, after all, we did claim to be members of the Church of Jesus Christ That's of Latter-day right. Saints. And so I was having a little bit of a conflict in my heart. And I, I, I think God placed it there on purpose. And I, I thank God that He did. And so I wanted to know, okay, I think the Bible is important. I know that I've been taught that I can't trust it, that there's perhaps some translations that aren't correct. But, you know, after all, the Bible does contain the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the one that we claim to be our Lord and Savior. Yeah. So so maybe I should take a look back at what the Bible says about salvation that's, and about that's Jesus. That's pretty courageous, you yeah. know that? I mean, first of all, younger brother, and then your whole, you've been an active member, a missionary and everything. And I've run into people that aren't willing to listen. They're not willing to even entertain the idea that the message that we have has some truth in it. So I yeah. admire you actually having that courage. Uh, what do you do? You think it was just the seeds God planted? Yeah, in your I, heart I, I just give all the glory to God. I think I think He had been preparing my heart for for a time. Um, for example, I. Um, I struggled with the, uh, the idea of knowing that I was forgiven by God. I wanted to feel reconciled to God, accepted, um, and, and to have that assurance that if I died at any particular moment and I was standing before the judgment seat of God, that yeah. he, would, he would accept me into heaven. Um, the problem was that I had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. It talks about this in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. When, when Paul's talking about his beloved brothers in the flesh, flesh, the Jews, he says, My heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved, yeah. that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. They're trying to earn their Exactly. Way, but it says that Jesus it. is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And yeah. the only righteousness we can have is through faith in Jesus Christ. And so, and so I, I had been convicted by God that I was a sinner, you know, uh, as a young teen, you know, being a rebellious uh, person that I think... I was at the time, and if we all admitted as yeah, people, we're, we're all, all sinners, yeah. and even our sinners. righteous acts are, yeah. are filthy rags before God, not one is righteous, and we're all under sin. And I had this, this um, feeling of condemnation, and so I was seeking to uh, receive God's forgiveness through the church. Wow. And so I went through the church, and I received the approval of men. I did all the things I was asked, and I moved on with my life, but years would go by, and then this evil conscience would always just plague me. You know, what if? What if I, I didn't do enough? What if my works weren't sufficient to completely recon you know, make peace with isn't God? Isn't that such a burden that, and, that an LDS person and, carries, yes. isn't it? And I was, it was a false righteousness, and I was relying on and men to kind of tell me that I was approved before God. And even when I had their approval, I still had this dirty conscience before God. <laughs> and so... Um, 
And then, so this is what was going on in my heart at the time that this was going on. I had a temple recommend, I did everything my leader said, but at the same time, I did not feel like I, I had made peace with God. And, um, and so uh, I was actually attending BYU, of course, as I mentioned, uh, I was in a religion class. Yeah. Okay, and this was shortly after my younger brother had gotten kicked off his mission. And so all these things are going in my mind. Um, <laughs> and the uh, teacher gets up and he, he has a... He has a TV in the room, so I'm like, all right, a video presentation. This yeah. won't be as boring today or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he puts on, uh, in there, you know, a VCR, a video recording of a Christian worship team in a congregation. I think it was some type of Southern Baptist really? um, um, situation setting where they were singing the song Amazing Grace. And he, he uh, let the whole song play, and I was just profoundly impacted by the message of that song. He li really listened to the words. Yes, the message, and also just looking at the, the, the hearts of the, the people, or the people they're worshiping, I could see that they, they really had a relationship with God, or it appeared to me they did, yeah. and they were putting all their trust in Jesus. And here they were saying they were wretched sinners, but they were saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And this is the very thing that, that I knew I was a sinner, but I wanted that assurance of salvation that they seemed wow. to have. And so at any rate, I feel that God, <laughs> through His Holy Spirit, was moving in me. And I was really moved and touched. And so after the presentation was over and the teacher gets up, I was kind of looking forward to him saying, well, look, you know, these guys are not in the LDS church, but look how, isn't that cool? They're worshiping Jesus or something like that. What did but he say? <laughs> he, the first thing he mentioned was how irreverent the worship was. Oh my goodness. And I just remember being so impacted by that and I thought, okay, maybe I shouldn't have felt so moved by it because I guess it was irreverent. And then the next thing he mentioned uh, and the class joined in was it became an opportunity to mock the gospel of grace. As you understand, the song Amazing Grace is about how we're saved yeah. by the blood of Jesus right. and that we're all wretched and sinners, all wretched. which in a way opposes the gospel of Mormonism, Absolutely. which is very works-based. Yeah. so. With that sour taste left in my mouth, I went home with a lot of things to think about. And over the next couple of months, I really got into the Word of God and discovered the forgiveness that's in and faith in the name of Jesus Christ alone. As it, wow. as it, you know, they were pro proclaiming in Acts about you know you yeah. have forgiveness of sins through the name of Jesus Christ. And and I get to Hebrews where it explains that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, that He is everything. And I get to Hebrews chapter 9, yeah. where I'm just relating to this, I'm just eating it up. <laughs> Hebrews verse 9, chapter God's 9. just teaching you right yeah, along, isn't He? Absolutely, that according to the old law, the Jewish law, gifts and sacrifices were offered that could never perfect the conscience of the worshiper. And I'm <laughs> sitting here thinking, man, look at all this time and all these sacrifices I've offered to my religion in hopes of finding peace with God, but I haven't found it And you it still yet. haven't peace. Yeah. yeah. And then I get just a few verses later in that same chapter where it says, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Wow. And so that's where God kind of um, gave me this desire and understanding of, of His grace and to turn from these dead works that could never fulfill me into this relationship with Jesus in which I then was able to serve the living God based on the knowledge of His truth. Um, I hear a phrase every once in a while, Jesus plus nothing. 
Yes. And that's, that's exactly what you're explaining. Yeah, and that's exactly what actually the next chapter of Hebrews that I read was explaining <laughs> Jesus plus nothing. Or in other words, He's Jesus, done it all. yeah, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Yeah. And then he goes on and it says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. And that conscience that was plaguing me, and I hear this word conscience, Heart sprinkled clean from that through the blood of Jesus, praise God. And, and so I came to trust and, and know that I was forgiven through the blood of Jesus and, and that the righteousness I had was given and attained as a gift. Wow. And as Romans 5.1 says, that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ yeah. by being justified by faith. Isn't um, that amazing? Yeah, and so I actually shared this with my fiancé at the time. Oh and, boy, was and she so this is, this is this is the transitional period for us, and this is about a, a five to six month period of, of much difficulty and turmoil in both of our lives as yeah. we were... Because we were, you were preparing probably for a temple marriage, I'm Absolutely, sure. and yeah. we were. And so I shared the, the truth with her, and she came to accept and believe it, but at the same time, um, she really just... The, you know, the temple is the culmination of the LDS faith and religion. You've been yeah. taught from the time you're in prim or, you know, primary, what they call it, just the young kids' classes, that the temple is everything. It's what you're aiming for. Yeah. And so my fiancé at the time had that kind of perspective where she wanted one last glimpse into what the temple was. Um, but at the same time, uh, we were getting fed with the knowledge of the truth, and she was being prepared for that. And so, um, so I, you know... Whether I should have done this or not, I, I agreed with my wife that we would be married in the temple for the sake of uh, allowing her to go through that and for the sake of pleasing parents. And, and also, her a part parents, of me, yeah, a part of me was still scared to completely yeah. come out because, you know, again, in John, there were Jews yeah. in the Gospel of John that believed in Jesus, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess yeah. it so that they would not be kicked out of the synagogue. Yeah. It says they love the glory that comes from men more than from God. And there, so there was this kind of transitional time for me where I had to learn to take up my cross and, and count my cost. But before that happened, um, we did get married in the temple, and it was an eye-opening experience for her because she had already kind of been prepared with the truth and the knowledge of grace, and the same for me, that, I, that it, was, it was black and white. And it was like, you know, once, you have, sense that once you have the light, you know, the darkness is, is easily apparent, readily apparent. Wow. And, and so that was it. Um, the, the day we got married, she took off her, her garments, and uh, that was the last time she ever wore them, the last time she ever went in that place. And uh, we, um, oh shortly goodness. after that, we, we confessed our faith openly to her parents, and uh, I ended up leaving scholarships at Brigham Young University. We were both there, oh and I was trying to finish degree, you know, my degree in music, but I, I realized that all those things were really not worth it. Um, compared to just taking up my cross and following Jesus, you know, I wanted that ecclesiastical endorsement from my yeah. bishop. As you, you know, you the, were you were a bishop, pride, yeah. Yeah, and and in order to be at that university, you needed your your temple worthy oh, recommend. Right. Yeah. And I, I could not I could not pretend anymore. And so we came to know the Lord Jesus, and we took up our cross, and and that's basically in a nutshell our story. <laughs> Um, well, that's, it's amazing, and it's so neat that your wife would, would join you and see things. You'd prepared her well, and she had understood. Now, your parents, were, where were they at at this point? Um, my parents my, were still Michael in the LDS faith, but they yeah. were definitely, they I were think, on their way out. They were having questions yeah. at this time. 
Well, so did you, uh, and you've had children now? How, how many yes, children um, do you have? Uh, my wife and I, we have one girl, and she's yeah. going to be two, and just oh. like September 30th of this month. So. so what have you gained as being a Christian? I mean, I, I, I can sense that the burden of, mm -hmm. of, I mean, there was a peace in your heart, that's for sure. Yeah. And now you, yeah. you understand that you're going to be saved yes. by accepting Christ. I'm yeah. taking words out of your mouth there. Well, sorry, no, <laughs> I, I gained a, a peace with God and a relationship with Jesus um, yeah. that even words can't express. And the Apostle Paul talks about, you know, it's his desire that Christ may dwell in our hearts, that being rooted and grounded in love, we yeah. may have the strength to comprehend what's, you know, the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, yeah. and to be filled with all the fullness of God. And I, I think this is what we have as believers in Jesus Christ, is that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. He lives in us. And uh, we have been crucified with Christ, and the life we now live in the flesh, we live by faith yeah. in the Son of, yeah. Son of God who loved us and, and died And fellowship with, with fellow believers being in Absolutely. the body of Christ. How? The Mormons don't understand that, that there is life after Mormonism, that there yeah. is fellowship and the Holy yeah. Spirit. And, and uh, well, immediately after I left the LDS church, I started attending a, uh, a, a Baptist church in Winter Garden. And, the, you know, I don't care as much about the denomination as, as the fact that it's a Bible-based believing group of people who come together to fellowship and to worship God and, and to uh, be instructed and in the Word of God Christ. and to praise and, Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, and it was there that I really just, uh, I enjoyed that fellowship and it was so important for me wow. as a, a baby in, in an infant in Christ yeah. to, to be nurtured with the Word of God. Um, and you talked about, you know, what have we gained, you know, and, and Jesus is what I've gained. And, and you asked my younger brother last week, you know, did he have some sort of, you know, born-again experience? And, yeah. and for me, I was really into everything in Mormonism was very experiential. It was, it was based on experience and feelings and stuff. And so I, I really, that was something that I, I felt I, maybe I, I invested a lot into. I wanted an experience of of the spiritual nature, you know, but at the same time, it says in First Peter that um, we've been born again, not by imperishable seed, but by, or sorry, not by perishable seed, but by imperishable seed, by the yeah. living and abiding Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so that born again experience for me was having my mind renewed and transformed by the Word of God. And actually, after that happened, um, I felt a call of discipleship from Jesus Christ Himself, because it says that. Uh, to those who love um, God, that He, Jesus said He will make Himself manifest to us, yeah. and I did have that that spiritual, powerful experience of, wow. of, of 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 getting to experience Jesus. But again, I'll just I just want to emphasize that we have something more sure than something that's an experience, and it's the prophetic word. But um, this experience happened. Uh, you know, I feel it was my call to discipleship, where where Jesus woke me up in the middle of of the night and. Um, and spoke these words into my soul and said, my kingdom is not of this world. And I, I was, there was just an immense outpouring of love from Jesus that I had never experienced, you know, when Paul talks about that Christ may dwell in your hearts or yeah. that you may have the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which yeah. he has called you. I felt like I had that hope in me now. Wow. I had the, the guarantee when, when of a Holy Spirit and, and just um, this, this, this looking forward to, to having the full redemption in Christ Jesus in, in the resurrection and it was just such a, oh, such a hope. This was, wonderful, this wonderful was uh, shortly after um, our belief and confession in Jesus Christ. As, wow. as Paul says, you know, in, in him also you 
when you believe and heard the word of truth, um, you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who's, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Um, oh, what a beautiful experience. So, so born again by the, the a new creature in Christ <laughs> Jesus by the Spirit and by His Word. Yeah. And now it's um, no burden, no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Just, it's all at the cross. And he, yeah. he took our sins and He took our debt and He nailed it on that cross. That's something the LDS just don't understand, do they? No. Well, this must have been a wonderful testimony, if you will, or a, a feeling to Micah to have someone as close as a, an older brother oh, yeah. come, come to see and understand the way he did. Yeah, and for me, it was, it was a comfort to, because my younger brother was the first black sheep of the family. I right. mean, and um, for me, it was a comfort to have him there supporting me and loving me through yeah. this entire process and this transition. This. Yeah. Well, Matt, what a wonderful experience. And you have a daughter, you say, and, and yeah, she's, she's... she's two. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I miss her to death right now. Yeah, you're and, on the uh, road at this point. Yeah, huh? but you know, sometimes as disciples, we even have to leave our families for the sake of Jesus. But, but, but I'm happy because I have Jesus and I just love my, my, my daughter so much and I'm so yeah. excited for my wife having, uh, oh, giving me this opportunity with, yeah. to be able to go out on the road uh, for weeks at a time and to share wow. this wonderful gospel <laughs> of Jesus Christ with people. Well, I you've got just a, a minute or so left. What would you share with the LDS people? People that you're searching mm -hmm. or maybe those that aren't willing to search, what would you say to them? Um, well, the first thing I would say is... Um, I give all glory to the Lord Jesus Christ and to God our Father, who saved me not because of works done by me in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. And that I really um, just uh, want you guys to know that uh, Jesus loves you and that He wants you to know that His gospel is simple. Um, and that if you feel burdened by the lifestyle you have or by trying to find peace with God through your works, that I would encourage you to turn to Jesus and put all your trust in Him and, um, and receive uh, this uh, wonderful relationship that, uh, that I've been sharing with you today and that many other Christians, any, any believer in the Lord Jesus Christ can attest to the wonderful relationship we have in Jesus Christ in which there is no condemnation and there is assurance of salvation and there is freedom in Jesus. Oh, thanks. And to trust the Bible, right? Yeah, to, absolutely. Because we know that... Uh, anyway, we appreciate you being here. See you next week. Good night. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.